Welcome to the Transform Your Wealth and Health podcast, where experts in wealth, health, and fitness help transform your life. Here's your host, Andy Arder. He's a super fit, ripped 50-something who's a successful entrepreneur and business and body transformation coach. Today's guest is Dixesh Patel. Dixesh, how we doing? Yes, Andy. Thanks very much for having me today. I really appreciate that. I'm really looking forward to uh, talking about my journey with you today. Oh, me too, mate. Me too. We've been trying to set this up for a while. What ha- mishaps have we had along the way? I'm not even going to tell people, but um, several <laughs> have befell us until we're here tonight recording. So, so I am looking forward to it. Don't worry. Well, definitely COVID's not going to stop us today, I think. No, that's not even going to stop us. No, nothing like that. So listen, we're going to go into all sorts in the podcast, but give us a little feel for your background and the kind of upbringing you had in the past. Yeah, it's a great question. Um, um, My sort of background, I sort of take it back to my childhood years. I I grew up on a uh, council estate in a a, a place uh, in northwest London in Wilsdon. Oh, near me, not far. Not far, mm-hmm. yeah. It's, a, I would say, quite a character-building environment for a young Indian family, if I may yeah. say. Uh, you know, it really uh, puts uh, puts life into perspective um, uh, when you're growing young. So one of the early things that when I grew up, I just decided that we needed to get ourselves out of here. And that's where I started off on my educational journey. Um, and... Uh, un- Unbeknownst to a lot of my teachers, I actually put LSE down as the number one choice. Um, mm-hmm. Not one person gave me a cat in hell's chance. Live, you know, with the demographic, uh, ex council living in a council house for over, you know, fifteen to twenty years. Uh, very little money. Mum and dad from a background working in a factory. Uh, not a cat in hell's chance. But do you think I proved them wrong? Absolutely. Well done. Absolutely. Um, so LSE, London School of Economics. London School of Economics, yeah. So super proud of that. First one in my family uh, to hit the university. Oh, absolutely. Now, do you know what? Uh, we had one lad from our school year in Tottenham School that went to university. It, it just wasn't, as you were saying, it just wasn't in us. We wasn't expected to do it. So, yeah, I know what you mean. That's a great achievement. Well done. Thank you. So... Delve into it a little bit more then. What was the family like? Were they entrepreneurs? Were they uh, doing anything particular? Um, Most of the, you know, my mum and dad were really hardworking labourers. You know, when they first landed uh, from East Africa, uh, you know, my my dad landed with about £100 in his pocket back then uh, in the early 70s. And within 48 hours, he hit a red... London bus for the very first time, and actually it got pickpocketed. If you put things no, put you put things in perspective. One hundred pounds in nineteen seventy three. Um, that's a lot of money. I, mean, I don't even know how far back to go in that, but that's probably yeah. likely to be a good twelve months' salary back in those days, um, mm. especially for a, a labourer. Um, wow! And he, he, you know, he always. Uh, uh, told that story in in real money. He came here with nothing, and three little children, three year old, two year old, and ten months old, didn't speak a, hardly a word of English. Didn't know what he was expecting. Uh, I don't know how he did it. To be honest, he's a stronger man than I am. Don't know if I could upheave um, in 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 the way he did. But 
to be fair to him, I think that sort of set us on a path of developing. Uh, you know, he developed three character children with character. You know, bit a bit of street, yeah. street wiseness. Uh, sometimes we forget that in in today's world, especially with with, with my two boys. Um, so yeah, so accelerated past that. I mean, I I saw them, you know, them growing up in their early thirties with three young kids. Uh, was, you know, working in the factory. Um, no easy thing like fixing light bulbs or my dad used to work in the old Hoover building up in... Uh, I know the one, yeah, on the A40. That's the one, that's the one that's a Tesco now, actually. Yes, it, yeah. Yeah, so he he, he he worked there for, for a fair bit of time. Um, and I I think he, because I was the oldest of three siblings, but, you know, my mum and dad would always push education. But I think with the younger two, that it was quite tough, especially in the sort of neighbourhood that we both grew up in and it it wasn't easy so I just thought you know I've got to find a way of breaking through the sound barrier but so to speak ended up at LSE um remember when I first sort of came out of there thinking yeah you know this is this this feels good and went straight into a corporate career and ended up in uh, eventually ended up in uh, investment banking which for me is phenomenal so I spent a good 25 years in investment banking. Uh, wow. Starting <laughs> off as a, a programmer in technology uh, and then worked all the way through, ended up being a, portfo- a portfolio project and program manager. Uh, and I actually did a lift about three years ago. You know, it was a pretty successful career. Um, and I decided that, you know, I wanted to sort of go into business full time. I did a bit of a dabble some tw- 10, 12 years ago before uh, cutting and running after the post-Lehman's era. Uh, mm-hmm. So funnily enough, in today's era, especially with the world in lockdown, I see a lot of the similar signs from that post-Lehman's era 10, 12 years ago. Yeah. Uh, and, and I learned a hell of a lot that I'm implementing in today's market. Um, mm-hmm. And so, yeah, it's, it's been exciting. So when you decided three years ago that you was going to do something different, what was it to do and what inspired you to do that? It's a great question. And I actually, I always enjoyed um, property and real estate. I mean, I bought my first uh, buy-to-let in the uh, early 90s. And back in those days, you know, how do people do it? They used to uh, work, save up a bit of money, then buy something, then, then you run out of cash and then, Six years later, you buy another one, you know, and it was slowly built up uh, myself, my brother and within the family. Um, and, and I always had an inkling for that. And it was around about six years ago, actually, whilst I was still working. Uh, I think back then I was probably with either HSBC or Credit Suisse. Um, I decided that I actually wanted to make a go of this and scale it up in a way that I could do it where funding wasn't uh, the issue. And I started embarking on uh, working with uh, uh, private investors and clients uh, to help grow the business. And I actually started the business while I was working for a period of about two, three years. So that Mm -hmm. that period was quite challenging because I ended up almost like two full-time roles. So I was literally putting in about 70 to 80 hours back then and eventually, I decided that actually one or the other has to give. Either 
I'm going to take this business seriously, um, or it'll just be something average, which is something I didn't want. So I, no. I, I decided to quit, put, put myself in a good position and platform uh, financially, and, and off I went. Did you have enough money coming in then to pack the job in and it would be equal, or did you take a leap of faith? Well, it's a, that's a great question. Uh, what I actually did was I was actually in the last uh, period of time uh, while I was uh, working in investment banking, I was actually consulting. So effectively, I was pretty much self-employed. So what I'd done was uh, uh, built up a, a really good war chest uh, that allowed me to continue to draw down salary uh, even after I disappeared. So that gave me a good two-year runway, as I call it, yeah. until the business started pro- propagating uh, uh, you know, efficiently in terms of being able to draw down uh, uh, an income or profits. Now, I know a little bit about this because we spoke earlier, but who helped you along the way? You don't have to name the name, but type of people that helped you. Yeah, I think it's it's an interesting one. Um, I think in order to answer that question, I have to go slightly deeper. Yeah. Um, I had to fix myself first, my mindset. Because in the, in the early years, I suspect I attracted and manifested um, the wrong kind of people with the wrong kind of values, mainly mm. because I didn't know who I was as an individual. So I'm, you know, I embarked on on uh, a journey of self discovery, sort of probably around eight to ten years ago, if, if I remember. Um, and at that time, when that first business sort of uh, went six foot under during the post Lehman's era. I soon realised that you can't know it all, and you can't do it all by yourself. Mm. And and a, and a really good friend, also by the name of Andy, um, mm-hmm. uh, planted a few seeds in my mind, and and we never looked back. Um, and I remember, you know, reading all sorts: uh, Robert Cialdini, Book of Influence, Seth Godin, yep. you know, Daniel Priest. Love, love Seth. Love, yep. love all Daniel, of them. Yeah. Um, yep. And and I actually realised that the biggest person that I needed to fix up and the specific characters of me were just who I was and what I stood for and what my core values were. And that set me off on a much better path in a much positive way. And it started to sort of manifest the right kind of people uh, in my circles. And they still have a lot of great friends uh, uh, around me, you know, whether they're in property or even uh, non-property related. Yeah. Oh, this is interesting stuff. So basically you was trying actively to change yourself or do you think just because of the people around you that you actually changed? Well, I would say that the only person who can affect change is you because everything comes from yes. within. Uh, so it's not they change me because they, they can't force me to change. It's you have to do it and realize that actually, uh, you know, I always have a, 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 a cliche when I say these things. If you don't take control of yourself, surely somebody else will. And I, I decided yeah. that I had to sort of uh, take control of myself because there's only one constant in life that you can actually uh, control and control their behaviours, and that's you. 
Yeah. Everything else yeah, absolutely. You is a manifestation of your actions. Yeah. I think once we get that thing in our brain that, you know, you do affect things and you do control things, but mostly it's yourself. Yeah. That's where things, that's where you kind of tend to find that you move things on, you know, stop blaming other people, start taking more responsibility, all those kind of things. Absolutely. And, and that's where, if it, that's where we show up better as a better person. Totally. So, so you obviously got, got to grips with this yeah. and that moved your business on. Yeah. Um, did you do a property meet in Docklands, by the way? I did. I used to uh, co-host the Canary Wharf uh, uh, PPN uh, throughout 2019. You know, we just we decided it was going to be for a year, and that was exciting um, because yeah. um, once you're a host, you're a host, and, and and it was not something that was expected. The opportunity came up. I seized it. I really enjoyed it, and I've now come back the other side. Uh, with a, with an even higher profile, and you know we see the benefits of that today. Yeah, of course. So you're an inspiring character, but who inspired you along the way? Um, it's a good question. I mean, I've I've, I've, I've read a lot. Um, Andy, uh, who who coaches me, uh, inspires yep. me all the time. But also, uh, what I like is tests my thinking. Yes, uh, because if you if you got as he says if if you left after having a chat with me and you've got a, a headache, that's bloody good because I've tested your thinking. Um, <laughs> yeah, I like it. Um, yeah. So, yeah, sometimes I do have to have a bit of a lie down after that. Um, and and the other ones, you know, I, I, Seth Godin, I, you know, I, I, I subscribe to his blog. He, he's, he's super inspiring. Uh, me too. Daniel Priestley is another one who's super inspiring. But also... The, the thing the people that super inspire me is actually the ones who are the you know the people with great values and the ones who are grafters and people who are, who are prepared to roll their sleeves up um, a bit like you know w w back in the days when I used to live in a council estate because uh, the only person who's going to make it happen is you yeah one of the things I bring up on the podcast is um, you know X amount of years ago, I was uh, in sort of one room in a council estate, and and now obviously we live in a different lifestyle in a in a celebrity village. That's why we try and inspire other people to to do exactly the same and, and get people on like yourself that's done exactly the same too. Because yeah. everyone can move from A to B, and quite a few people can move from A to B to C to D. You yeah. know, it takes a lot of character and a lot of skill and luck. Um, timing as well, I find. You know, if someone's made a huge investment at the moment. Uh, in certain areas and they're going to have it tough for a while but you, you know um, you can pivot you can turn doing a podcast about that at the moment a recording it's gone out as a Facebook live I'm going to adapt it and edit it as a, as a podcast and it basically means that um, you can um, turn things around if you have got the right mindset and you make it work so absolutely that's, uh, that's um, entirely up to you sometimes it is I mean I, I, I coach that um uh, within my business and mindset coaching clients, it's about your compass and your the orientation of your compass. Yeah, where do you want to go? Because the fear lies in the indecision. Sitting on the fence is more painful, either stick or either twist. But for goodness sake, doing nothing is more painful. Yeah, yeah, getcha. Yeah. So you obviously undertook coaching in business, mm -hmm. but what about your 
Body transformation coaching. Yes, another good question. You're really firing them off today. Um, <laughs> um, I think I have to go back um, three or four years ago, actually. You, you do, don't you? Yeah. Where, where my uh, health journey was. Um, um, back in the day when I used to be a 120 kilo whopper, um, I don't even recognize that man in the mirror anymore. Um, I would you I mind started, telling us what you what you weigh in at now? Uh, at the moment, I'm 79 kilos. Yeah. Wow, 79 kilos, and uh, it's uh, it's been 21 a kilo drop. Fascinating, fascinating journey, really fascinating journey. Um, but in answer to your question, I had a lot of pain in my body. Um, I at that time I'd been pre-qualified as a pre-diabetic, and my di- GP just said if you carry on like this in the next next time you see me next month you will be a diabetic um my gout was flaring up my my you know my knees and feet were hurting uh my back was uh, starting to play up i had cholesterol blood pressure issues um and my body was just on fire it was you know something wasn't right um and luckily i met uh, met somebody who uh, in the net, in the networking world, who uh, convinced me to go off and uh, run some uh, DNA tests and some blood tests and urine tests? That um, was an actual real eye opener. Um, but I knew that there's all it's all good having the data uh, without the right kind of action. Um, and a, a few years ago, um, I actually. Uh, signed up uh with a fitness company and i you know i've still got a body transformation coach myself and i remember coming back from a holiday in the far east in july i was i was in so much pain um you know with my legs uh, i literally came back from that holiday saying uh, looking in the mirror with a few painful tears rolling down because uh having gout is like having shard in your in your joints uh that can make a grown man cry uh, which it did um and i just said to myself i can't carry on like that i looked at uh, uh my father's picture who actually passed away when he was 51 and wow. I, I just didn't want to be another picture on the wall and that's what wow. exactly happened I, I went off uh set sail uh had some great guidance in terms of uh my nutrition and training. Um, now, when you're looking at yourself at such a heavy weight with all the issues that you've got, there's no real light at the end of the tunnel. You can't see it. Um, and in the end, I just broke it down to one day at a time. One step, one lift, one uh, meal a day and just kept going without overthinking it and kept going and kept going and then the weight just started going off at a rate of nearly a kilo a week um you know it was absolutely unbelievable and funnily enough we set a set a target at the beginning of around 89 kilos to hit we went past that and i was like oh my god i'm still still feel podgy like, oh, we'll have to reset, <laughs> reset the target. So we kept resetting it. 
until we hit uh, hit an end point um, um, and ended up just under uh, well just over seventy two and a half kilos. Um, so you're lighter than what you are now, even lighter. Yeah, yeah. and there's a, there's a you know I'll come on to that later. Uh, uh, there's a science behind that in terms of uh, the difference in weight between muscle tissue as well as uh, uh, fat tissue. So I've actually I actually look much better shape now uh, physically, and my my actual whole composure and body shape is is even better than it was a year ago at my leaner mm. point. It's phenomenal. Uh, so. And eating like a horse as well, so yeah, <laughs> I set off on that journey, and I've I've never looked back. And at the back, you know, throughout last year, I mean, I did have a, quite a few friends and some family say, "Oh, you know, you've done all this, you can coach me." And I didn't really didn't think about it, didn't sort of uh, consider it as something that I wanted to go. But eventually, I thought to myself, you know what? Why don't I go off and uh, get on a on a training course uh, and and learn the science. So I learned the science having been through the process, and I thought, wow, the science is absolutely incredible. And in and in the end, I never looked back. We have got some clients smashing it at the moment, even uh, during this eight week lockdown period, and it's one of the most most. It's even more fulfilling than my property business. It's the first that you can actually effect change in people's lives pretty quickly. As long as they tick all the boxes, follow the system, have this, have an expert who makes them accountable, then good things will happen. That's excellent. Yeah, I know you're a busy guy too. So, so give us a little inkling of what your diet and exercise regime might be like. Well... Um, it's not as uh, intense as it used to be because I don't. I'm not really in a leaning down process. I'm more in a what I refer to as a bulking process. But I do uh, two upper body workouts, two leg days, uh, leg workouts, two abs workouts, and I'll currently be walking fifteen thousand steps a day. And also, if when the gym, if when the gyms are open and when they do open, I'll be on the step machine, twenty five minutes, four days a week. That's quite a lot of steps, isn't it? Fifteen thousand. Um, having been a bit lighter, it's substantially faster than it used to be when I was a whopper. Yeah, and it yeah. Also, <laughs> I, I always and I, I guide people in this and coach people this way as well. If you're doing some kind of activity or action or whatever. Always think of the byproduct of that. What's the secondary benefit? So walking actually has helped me to plug into podcasts, uh, uh, Audible. You know, education's gone through the roof. I'm like, I just go on ghost speed, and off I go. Don't even notice it sometimes that I've I've been out for an hour and a half um, because I yeah. pretty much I'm I'm done in an hour and a half to hour and forty minutes, fifteen thousand steps. It doesn't take that long. But sometimes I break it up into. Two times the key message here is for the for the listeners is the hard work has been done over the last two years, um, and the whole process literally it it's it's it it becomes addictive. And the best way to explain it is we spend th- years 30, 40, 50 years in some cases 
getting addicted to bad nutrition and bad habits. Mm. All I've yeah, reversed you. it, and I'm now addicted to good nutrition and good habits. And that's key. Yeah. So if someone wanted to do a regime with yourself as a coach, mm. what might that consist for them? Uh, what might it consist on, on the body transfer? So first thing is when, yeah. when people come to me, uh, we do a, a fact find, you know, who are you? What's your body weight, composition, waist, height, uh, everything. What are your goals? What challenges do you have? Uh, and then we devise a customized nutrition plan for you, uh, as well as the customized workout and cardio plan. Um, we provide uh, sheets that you, you take and you capture data daily. Uh, you can maybe update it once a week if you want. And we have a, a weekly uh, check-in update, which we provide a structure for. And if you go off piste, as I say, I'm not here to make friends with all my clients, but I am here to do right by them and make sure uh, they're steered in the right direction. So if you want to lean down, we'll take you through the leaning down process. Uh, but what we'll also do, you know, the best analogy here is, uh, you know, we'll take Usain Bolt. It was hard for him to become a, an Olympic star. It was even harder for him to stay there and become a triple Olympic athlete. So we want to have a system to be able to land you safely and consolidate and maintain your position. And that's where a, you know, a lot of people go wrong because they give up on the leaning down process. And that's why you hear everybody going through yo-yo diets. Yeah? Yeah, sure. You can, yeah, I get you. You can take a year for the body uh, to stabilize and know it's new, new normal. Okay, have you ever thought about writing a book about this kind of stuff? That's a, a good question as well. So for me, a lot of the fitness and, 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 and body transformation actually lines closely with business coaching and business transformation. And mm. Having been through a process on both sides myself, the both are 100% aligned. And the reason they're aligned is you know when you when you're fit healthy strong bouncing around like tigger the amount of <laughs> clarity you get is unbelievable you know you cannot put a price on that the the, the, the physical changes that impact your mindset positively you you can't read or buy that in a book without going through that journey yourself Sure. Yeah. And um, likewise, if you're teaching other people, do you get the actual feel and, the, and that within yourself because you've taught somebody else to be that way? Yeah, absolutely. I think what, what I love about it is is that um, I could almost predict with 99% accuracy um, when people are going off-piste because I used to go off-piste because there's no straight line to success. You're, you know, there will always be times where you go 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 off the radar and so i love that part part of it because i i can almost second guess uh where the where the clients are going in their journey and actually i'd make sure i try and nip it in the bud before it actually happens and we you know we're, we're here to also coach them and guide them to create what i would refer to as long-term uh lifestyle habits and that yeah, key, yeah. Th this isn't just the one-off thing you know, where you see all this uh, social media, eight-week transformations and whatnot. 
I'm sorry, but these are these are long-term lifestyle solutions. If people want to uh, shred down in eight weeks, be my guest and go on social media. That's not me. What we're here about is giving you a long-term sustainable solution so that you can stay fit and healthy and uh, eat healthily and eat well uh, throughout your lifetime. Yeah, absolutely. Why not indeed? We've had a lot of, uh, you're talking about triple Olympians, um, like Usain Bolt, for example. We had uh, a, a, the last guest that we had on, uh, he'd been at the Olympics three times himself and uh, he won an Olympic gold. So, uh, yeah, I know what you mean. And, and he was talking about something, and I'm going to bring it up with yourself as well, yep. uh, mental health, the actual mental health of um, a person. He was talking particularly about uh, elite athletes. But likewise, you know, at the moment, there's a lot of stresses and strains on people because of the COVID-19 situation. And um, do you think that the exercise actually helps with people's mental health as well? Absolutely, because what, what it is in the current climate, people are uh, locked down. I mean, I've got a few clients who are, who are locked down as well, and they're still smashing it. The key is, because you're all locked away at home, you still need an outlet channel of something to focus on and what the whole fitness uh, structure does as, as well as the nutrition structure, it gives you some structure, something to sort of um, uh, base your day around. And that, you know, that's absolutely important. I mean, I get up at half seven in the morning with my coffee and porridge and I'm straight into my workout. Once that's done, I'm off for my um, uh, decent, you know, decent walk. And then my day come back, home and my days uh, starts after 10 o'clock and so that energy boost at that particular point in time you know you, you can't put a price on because it has a massive massive positive impact on your mental health and that's that's a byproduct of looking after looking after yourself well, it's brilliant that you've structured things like that, that you can actually start your day at 10 o'clock. I mean, let's be fair, that's not the that's not the case for a lot of people. So well, well done for doing that even. Well, people um, get up at six and then, you know, then their day starts at eight. It, it, for me, where there's a will, there's always a, an hour in the day. <laughs> well done. So we're getting towards the end of the podcast now. Uh, would you mind telling us how anybody can get hold of you? If they'd like to um, contact you or work with you, Dixesh. Yeah, sure. So you can contact me either on Facebook or LinkedIn. That's Dixesh, D-I-K-S-E-S-H. There's not many of us around, Patel. <laughs> uh, my property company is Lighthouse Capital Group. And my email address is dixesh at lighthousecapitalgroup.co.uk. Feel free to connect with me on Instagram as well. Uh, my Instagram handle is at dixesh. Um, yeah, and then obviously from this podcast, uh, email me if you want to find out more about the property side. You know, I love um, the, the coaching side. I, I love joint venturing, structuring deals. You know, I've raised a fair few uh, uh, funds around private funding, and more recently, I, I love uh, uh, seeing people get fit and healthier, which is you know, which is exciting too. Brilliant. Listen, Dick Sash, thanks for being on the show. We did finally get it done eventually and hope you've enjoyed it. I thoroughly enjoyed it. And thanks for having us tonight. Thanks, Andy. Thank you. I hope this podcast gives you inspiration. And if you want to contact me, I'm Andy Arter and it's transformyourwealthandhealth at gmail.com.